0: A whoo a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com.
1: Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW, Group. prohibited by law. See
0: terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: What's up, night fans? Sons of UCF is proudly presented by the law firm of Gordon and Partners. Since 1993, Gordon and Partners have been dedicated to the pursuit of justice for those who have been wrongfully injured at no fault of their own. It's important that you get legal advice from somebody you trust, so contact UCF alum Michael Hoffman directly if you have any legal needs or questions. Visit their website, fortheinjured.com, or text 407-913-5350 to talk to Michael directly. Don't just trust anybody. Trust the best. And trust a knight. Gordon and Partners, for the injured. This is the Sons of UCF, the number one place for UCF sports, with your distinguished host, Adam. Let's all get together and see who can solve the wordle the fastest. And
0: Mike. You know, last year, I think I said about 30 people in the UCF, Sons of UCF group. Let's try to double that. Let's try to get 50.
1: Now, here are the guys. All right, episode 188. Mike's already happy to be a part of episode 188 here. A little bit different show tonight. Uh, We're doing a video and an audio thing again. So if you want to check out the video stuff, make sure to get to our YouTube channel. If not, uh, you're listening to us on audio. Nothing different for you, except I haven't started off with my traditional welcome into Sons episode 188. My name is Adam, and as always, my friend and yours, Mr. UCF Mike, back from a weekend in, uh, in softball heaven, it sounds like, Mike
0: yeah good time this weekend we went up there and competed as we should and uh ready to come back now and talk some ucf sports um everything good over there this is a little different i get to see your face now during the show this is cool
1: yeah yeah it's uh, it's unnerving to actually have to stare at you so i'll probably look around the entire time nothing different here except for uh youtube channel subscriptions are up mike we're almost close to 500 at this point so i think we might want to get to 500 so do us a favor uh follow along on that stuff here's what we got on store for you tonight mike a little different. No interview. Just you and me tonight. Just you and me, old school. But we're using the live platform, so we've got some props, got some top five lists, got some graphics we're going to show for you. Uh, and the official unveiling of the Sons of UCF merch line. You've probably seen a little bit sneak out on Twitter. If you're looking at Mike right now on screen, he's actually unveiling a lot of it here, which really ruins the unveiling for later on. But don't worry about all that. Uh, so we'll, we'll talk about the Suns merch line, maybe throw some ideas around there. And then we have some uh, some cows of the week. Uh, so if you're listening to us on audio, same show on video. Enjoy the graphics. Enjoy the fun times, as always, Mike. And uh, let's start with this. Not a lot going on. Uh, we are getting ready. though. 13 days until camp is open, my friend. How excited are you?
0: Yeah, I heard that today. It kind of surprised me a little. I thought we were further away. 45 days, I believe, to the first game. And soon we're going to start seeing those practice videos leak out. Trace will be out there doing some investigating. I'm sure Hellwig and the rest of you guys will be putting out their videos. We'll be breaking it down. Quarterback controversy, all that stuff. I can't wait.
1: Well, Let's get let's start with quarterbacks. Uh, and so, uh, our good friend Gus Malzahn was on the uh the radio program today with Mike Bianchi, Mark Daniels. I think that's called The Bridge, if I have that right. And uh, he made a comment, Mike. His comment was he wants to name a starter early. I don't know if that's really news or not, Mike, but Malzahn wants to name a starter early. Obviously, indications are Mikey Keane versus John Rice Plumley, Mike. So what do you think is going to decide this battle between Mikey Keene and John Rice Plumley? and early? Does that favor one guy or another in your opinion?
0: Ooh, yeah, I was a little surprised when I heard that. Usually coaches don't want to tell you when they're going to make that decision because then if they don't make the decision by the time they told you, then they got to start answering other questions. So uh, who it favors? I, I, you know, I've always been team King Kong, but has, Plumley come in here and really wowed everybody with his ability. Did he do enough in the spring game and and spring camp to prove that he should be the starter? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know who it favors, really. But I think Gus is getting ahead of it when he needs to. He's going to name the starter this way. There's no talk for two weeks leading up to the game. But whoever starts that game doesn't mean they're playing the whole game. After all, South Carolina State, they're both going to get plenty of playing time. And we're going to use that game as an evaluation going forward, too.
1: Yeah, I mean, you think name someone early would seem to indicate he's already got an understanding of who that guy is. Right. Like, I don't think you say you want to name a starter early if you still have no clue. And this is like a neck and neck race because you're going to want all those practices leading up to it to figure that out. So at this point, I got to imagine one of these two guys on screen here, Mike, has probably separated himself a little bit. But let's think about this logically for a second. Right. He knows what Mikey Keane is, right? He knows what Mikey can do. He saw him play all last year. Now, certainly, there's some, there's some improvements he can make, maybe better decision making, better down, downfield thrower, you know, whatever that might be. John Rice Plumley is like that sexy new toy, that sexy new car in the driveway. And I think Gus is going to really fall in love with some of the additional skills that Plumley brings to the table. I think if you look at this objectively, if you start Keane and he sucks, you got to bring in Plumley, and it's a whole new offensive set. And then, you know, maybe you're not so sure about him, but I think he's got Mikey Keene in his back pocket. He knows what Mikey Keene is. You roll Plumley out. If it's not what you think it is, you know who you're going to. You know what the kid can do. You know what he can bring. In my mind, this is Plumley one, Keen two. I don't know that I get that just from that statement alone, but I, I, I think it's Plumley one, Keene two right now. And that's no disrespect to Mikey Keene. It feels bad saying that because the kid played his ass off last year but I got to think that Gus is looking at all the little toys and the wrinkles he can uh, throw in there with Plumley, and he's got to be impressed by that.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think sometimes you're safer going with the incumbent to start off the season and, you know, maybe bring Plumley in. We know he's more of a runner. Maybe he can do some different things with his legs and have a completely different package that way. Um, I I really don't know. Gus has really kept this secret from everybody. And and just to tell you how good it is, nobody has a clue who's going to be the starter, not one of us.
1: No. Well, you got to read the signal. So, uh, Mikey Keene's been hanging out with Mackenzie Milton a lot lately, but then you saw Plumley was hanging out with Gus and some of the players at the, at the events, uh, Plumley was at the Manning Passing Academy you know Mikey Keene has been hanging around campus so it's hard to every day it's like ooh, there's a sign Ooh, there's this and then it's like hey that sign doesn't really matter because then the other guy does something as well too I think it's a pretty close race is my assumption I just think us looks at those two guys and says okay if, if they're equal footing as a passer or, well I guess that's the question and you're I know you limit limit I guess viewing of Plumley throwing the ball but do you think they're equal footing as passers
0: well, we've talked so much about uh, Keen's windup last year, right? Has he changed any of that? Has he made any adjustments with his throwing motion? Um, Decision-making is a huge part of that. And we heard during spring camp Plumlee was throwing interceptions all over the place. But then we get to the spring game, and it was Keen that threw the interception, right? So I think that's going to be the biggest key. Who can keep control of the ball? Who can move the chains? We have the weapons on the outside. We have the running game with Bowser. Don't turn the ball over. Who's going to be that guy? I just need a game manager this year. Look at our schedule. A game manager wins us 10 games. Easy. Now, if somebody's going to step up, is King going to make that jump that Milton made his sophomore year? If he does, then we're talking undefeated season. Is Plumley the guy that a lot of people think he is, a a superstar in the making? Then we're talking undefeated season. But I think whoever just takes care of the ball can win 10 games with his schedule.
1: Yeah, I think either way you can win with the quarterbacks. I think it's the good news story here. I just, I, I, when I think of Gus Malzahn at offense, I don't think game manager. I don't think that's what he wants. Historically, he's found these guys who can play out of the pocket, can run the football a little bit, he can do some of these gadget type plays. I, I think last year's Gus Malzahn offense was a complete change for what it is that he likes to do. I think he's going to see Plumlee in there and see all the things he can do and just start getting his pen out and start drawing stuff up on the board too. And again, I. It's no knocking Mikey Keene. I feel like when I say that, you say that, well, you're saying Mikey Keene's not good. No, I think you, two point, we can win 10 games with both these guys if the line can hold up and the weapons around him step up and and play well. I think you can win 10 games with either of these guys. I just think he's going to fall in love with some of the Plumlee stuff if if he hasn't already. But I was surprised he wants to name a starter early. It's good for us. He gets it out of the way early. We get a chance to kind of talk about it for a couple weeks and then settle in with what what that's going to look like. And it's probably an advantage for the team, right? Like you would think as a teammate – Like, you know, your offensive lineman, your running back. All right, hey, I know, you know, practice number six. I know who the quarterback is. I don't have to worry about it anymore. I don't have to talk about it in the media. I don't have to, you know, keep it a secret if I know. I get to just practice with our quarterback and go forward. You got to think that helps the whole team move that forward earlier, no? Yeah, but we've
0: seen a couple times in in just the last 10 years, we have a starter going into the season, doesn't even make it a half of a football game. We saw Pete DeNovo ring a bell, anybody over in Ireland? Justin wow. Holman comes in. Uh, Brandon Wimbush to start the year, not anymore as Dylan Gabriel's team. So maybe Plumley gets to start. Maybe he comes in and he fumbles twice against South Carolina State to open the game because he's trying to do too much with his feet. And then King comes in and lights it up. Nobody, nobody really knows. But that first game is going to be a key. I, I, I want to see when he brings in the second quarterback. If he lets mm-hmm. the starter go the whole first half, that's a big signal to you. If he has them switch off the first couple of series, then I still think that he's not really 100% sure.
1: If Joey Gatewood comes at a quarterback, are you going to leave the stadium?
0: <laughs> no, because that means we're up 65 to nothing. And he's coming in just so nobody else gets hurt, I think.
1: Gatewood's the garbage quarterback, you think? I
0: mean, no, he's Sorry, the garbage.
1: Not a garbage quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> the garbage quarterback. Sorry, I should have announced it that better.
0: Yeah, that's right. And, uh, of course, we'd like to see Cassianos get in the game there in the first game. That'd be nice. And wh- whoever else is on the roster that can throw the ball. We've got a bunch of guys that have played quarterback before you know, in high school, so... Mm uh rj harvey and a couple other guys that could throw it around he's gonna have a couple trick plays up his sleeve too i'm sure the first week
1: well starter sooner rather than later for gus malzahn we don't know how soon that'll be don't know when he'll tell us that doesn't mean he's gonna let us and the media and the fan base know who this is that may mean he let the lets the team know and says, hey don't tell anybody but uh, we'll, we'll see what that looks like coaches have, have done stranger thanks mike uh, outside of that not a lot going on except for your boy timo got himself in a little bit of a, uh, of a thing. Uh, I don't know if you saw the Orlando Sentinel article, Mike, where essentially the headline for Mike Bianchi was that Terry Mohajer is a little frustrated that people are forgetting about academics and all this NIL stuff, all this conference realignment stuff all this TV money stuff. And Timo basically said, hey, don't forget, this is academics. That's what this is all about, Mike. That got a little bit of reaction. There were some a couple of guys on Twitter. I saw the Reddit uh, CFB account basically said that, you know, UCF's AD comes out as anti-NIL. What a, what a stance to take, Mike. Uh, a, what did you think of Timo's comments about the education stuff? And B, does it cause any concern to you that people are going to spin his words out of control?
0: Well, he's right. I mean, education is supposed to be the number one thing here. There's supposed to be college athletes that go there and get a, a degree and it sets them up for later in life to, to have a, a good job and a nice career. That's what it's supposed to be. But I know Timo is not this naive where he thinks this is all new. This has been going on forever in college sports. As long as it's, there's been college sports, it's been about making money for the schools and winning and all that stuff. The NIL stuff is new. But this comment doesn't mean he doesn't care about NIL. or He doesn't want his players to get the best out of that. It just means that you know, school is a priority to him. And I think that's a smart thing to say.
1: It, it. We have to keep his background in mind. He was a college athlete. He played college football. He went there on. I think he earned a scholarship. If I read that correctly, he was a walk-on initially. At some point, gets a scholarship, so he gets a free education. And he talks about how you know th- that education was crucial to him and what he achieved in his life, got him to where he's at. Like, the, I mean, the first couple of things he always said when he got here was um NLI, so National Letter of Intent, and not NIL. NLI till I die, meaning that you signed with UCF, you're with us forever. And then he rolled out this whole thing about going to get every student athlete a job post-graduation if they want a job or in the field that they're looking for or whatever. So he's always been very much pro use this education as an opportunity to springboard yourself to the future. And I think he looks at himself in the mirror and says, hey, I'm, I'm the walking embodiment of that for everybody. And he's got to be a little turned off with what you're seeing now with NIL deals and kids transferring schools and the amount of figures, whether real or imagined, that are being talked about. I imagine this has a little bit of that old like get off my lawn kind of mentality. You know, the the old back in my day, I walked up, you know, a, a hill six miles and a blunt and a blinding snowstorm to school kind of thing. I don't think he needs it to be. Anti-nil, but the reality is, you put the bait out there. Um, anybody who can find any negative wrinkle from a recruiting standpoint will use it. And I'm sure if there's a school who hears this who says, "Oh, you're going to UCF? Hey, not the school with the AD who doesn't like you guys making money." I'm sure somebody's going to bring that up at some point. No matter what you do, there's always a negative spin. But I don't think that was Timo's intent. I don't think he's anti-nil. You think about all the things UCF has done, the way they embrace the program. Heck, he went to the the Dream Field event, Mike, when all the you know, the alumni came back. You know, they've got icons source which is the official company that they've kind of partnered with um you know you see gus melzahn wearing t-shirts I, I would hope if anybody takes a, any of a any look longer than four seconds they would recognize ucf and timo are not anti-nil but i imagine someone's going to spin it that way especially on the recruiting trip
0: yeah when people say things to you all the time in the recruiting show you when one school is telling you something about another school you got to take that with a grain of salt all the time i would think if you're a smart kid they do their research when they get to campus here they tell them all the opportunities they have with the nil I mean, I, I think it'll only take a minute to, to get rid of that rumor there. And, and if Timo wants to come out and clarify himself even more, he's got the opportunity to do that. And you know he's not scared to do that. He'll come out with a TikTok video telling you why he didn't believe that one. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, don't, don't expect this to the last you heard from Timo.
1: No, I'm sure it'll come up again. And I can understand, you're right. Fundamentally speaking, right? There is an educational component that does feel like it's being lost in all this. It's all about which conference are you going to? Which school are you going to? Which NIL deal did you sign? And I think Timo's perspective is, hey, wait a minute, don't forget you're getting a, a chance to get an education. I don't think he's saying that you you only get and deserve that. I think he's just saying, don't forget about that, Mike. But before you and I started recording, I was on the old Twitter machine there. Mackenzie Milton was on there, if you, if you saw his tweet. But essentially he said something like, it's sad to see all these conferences talking about $75 million plus TV deals and the athletes get zero dollars out of this, it's time to maybe bring the athletes into the table. So McKenzie taking a little bit of a different spin. Obviously, he's been passionate in this base, Mike, talking about when do we start cutting the athletes in on some of these deals? A lot of people rolling in comments. He kind of walked, you know, went back and said, Hey, wait a minute. I'm not saying education is important. I'm just saying that nobody's is 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 kind of equitable from what the players provide to what you know that the TV execs and the and the presidents get, Mike. So you know, Mackenzie taking a little bit of a different stance saying, let's include the players in some of this stuff.
0: Yeah, this is what has been. People have been saying this for years, forever, that the players should be getting paid by the schools, but that the schools will never want to pay the kids one. Then they're going to have to pay them insurance. They're going to have to cover workman's comp. They're going to have to do all that stuff, stuff they never wanted to do. So this year they found this NIL loophole to get other people to pay these kids without having them to sacrifice any money. So they're getting $75 million from the, from NBC. They keep all that; they don't have to give 25 million of that back to the football players. And if they don't have to, why would they? That's never going to happen. And now with this NIL stuff, I think it's even less of a chance of it happening because the players are still getting their money somehow.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's just that's the challenge. There's so much money being thrown around out there right now. There's so many dollars that it feels like the the purity of what it is that we all fell in love with with college football is kind of being lost behind all this stuff, Mike. But it could favor UCF. You and I have not talked about this. Dan Patrick, Mike, you know, Dan Patrick, you remember Dan Patrick from the old ESPN days, he's got a little radio show and uh, the old old Daniel goes on there the other day and says that he's got some sources that are telling him that the SEC is, they think about expanding, you're know, looking at Miami, looking at Clemson. And then he says, and central Florida as an option, Mike, obviously Twitter mafia grabbed that one and went running down the street with him, Mike, UCF, to the SEC again these are Dan Patrick I heard from a source kind of a rumors there's certainly not a lot of other chatter happening there Mike but we're, we're in we're in that conversation now you've been talking a long time about if you're not in these two conferences you're left out well here's our name at least on the on the door when the front lawn of that uh, that's that's a good thing no I mean you, I don't know if it's gonna happen but it's a good thing to be there there's smoke we're finally oh seeing our
0: first little puff of smoke and we're right, there's only going to be two conferences one day. It's going to be the SEC and the Big Ten. It's going to be ESPN and Fox. They're going to run college football for the next, well, maybe not forever, but for the next 20 years until something else comes up and then it'll change again. But we have to get into one of these two, right? Now, you're thinking the Big Ten wants to get in – you would think they'd want to get into the South. they got all the North, right? Why wouldn't they want something in Florida? Why wouldn't they want something in you know, Atlanta, Georgia with, with Georgia Tech? Why wouldn't they want – a little foothold in the Southeast Conference, because it doesn't look like the SEC cares about going up north. They're not going up to you know, any schools in Michigan or Minnesota or anything like that. They're staying down here. So now you've got the Big Ten that wants to get in here, maybe, and the SEC that wants to lock it all up so they can't get in here. This may be a great thing for us with Miami and Florida State not able to get out of the ACC right away, or maybe these, school, these conferences not wanting to pay that penalty, $150 million, whatever it is, to get those schools out of there. Maybe the next logical choice in Florida is UCF, and I know a lot of people listening to this program will agree with me. How awesome would that be? We get into the SEC, and, and it's not going to be right away, but in the next five years.
1: Money time. Well, yeah, that's what you know. The, the the commentators are saying about this the SEC locks up Florida at that point, right? The whole state of Florida really becomes SEC country if you take a UCF and if you can take a Miami to Florida State, which again, who knows if you can do that or not, but you lock up the entire state of Florida, which has got to be huge. Um, and again, who knows, there's this whole granted rights thing with the ACC and how much money has to get out of there. SEC media days are today on Monday, Mike, they were talking about how essentially they're not really making you know, any additional moves at this point, but that's all posturing. That's all pandering. I mean, if someone makes a move or there's an opportunity, these guys aren't going to turn money down. Here's the thing I think that is the, the best thing to take from that if this is indeed true and Dan Patrick sourcing is good, which I don't know why it wouldn't be, but if it isn't or who knows, but, it at least as the SEC sees, adding UCF doesn't dilute their value. It adds value, right? And I think that's the thing that with some of the Pac-12 stuff and everyone's like, kick it, you know, UCF out. We don't we don't need UCF. Now you have empirical proof, this is true, that there are people in that conference saying, hey, UCF doesn't take money away from us. They don't, they don't hurt us. They maybe add something. Maybe we don't add as much as another school, but they don't see us as dilutive to their contract, which I think is the, the best thing about how we are positioned nationwide is adding UCF. Isn't a bad thing for your conference. I think if the SEC is willing to do it, to your point, does the Big Ten go? Wait a minute. Who? What's that? What's that school down there? Should we? Should we call up and, and see what's going on? Does you know? Does, does the ACC say, "Hey, we're going to blow this thing up and we need new schools"? Is that UCF right? I think if we're on the tongue of the SEC, you wonder if the other conferences, particularly the Big Ten, are looking around.
0: Yeah, we are the largest school in the country, and we have been maybe one or two for a long time now, and that means yeah, Salva, the yes. base is growing. <laughs> Right, We already have the largest alumni base in the Big 12 when we join it next year. We are, the average alumni is 41 years old. That's our age. We are the average guy. We're being counted on now. Did you
1: get a pamphlet at Media Day or something? You, <laughs> are, you reading, are you reading off the pamphlets?
0: We're going to be counted on to support this program for the next 30, 40 years. You know, as long as we're you know, watching football and, and all the thousands of kids that are graduating every year are coming after us. This program is just growing by the second. We're in a major city right in the middle of the biggest recruiting state of college football. I mean, what is there not to want if you're one of these big conferences? Uh, the fan base is going to be there, and, and we're very vocal. We're, we're the ones that are on Twitter. We're the ones that are on all over all social media. We're the ones that are be spending the money. So I think one of these conferences would be stupid not to take us.
1: Well, right now we're in the Big 12, and there's not a heck of a lot of of change happening there, Mike. It seems like that the latest round of posturing is the Big 12 and the Pac-12 talking merger, talking about banding together in some form or fashion. I don't know what that looks like, Mike, because you can't have two commissioners, so something's going to have to give there. I'm not sure which one of those two gentlemen are looking to do that. Uh, But it sounds like things are kind of slowing down as we approach the season. So I think we all thought there would be sort of an avalanche downhill at this point. Doesn't seem like that's the case. So I think we're – I assume we're kind of set with where we are at this point, and this stuff heats up again next year, but nothing new outside of maybe a merger. Are you good with a merger, Mike, all of theirs, coming with all of ours, making one big giant conference, basically coast-to-coast? Is that – that? Pl- if we can't get SEC, I mean, we can't get Big Ten. A Big Ten, I think, is a long shot just because academics are – they're kind of high and mighty with their academic standards. I don't know where UCF is at from that perspective. I know we're not an AAU school, uh, which is something that they typically want to see. But a coast-to-coast merger – is that a good consolation prize for, for UCF, Mike, if the SEC is not an option?
0: Yeah, I think it makes it the clear third best conference, right? I think you automatically go past the ACC, you know, and the Pac 12 joining us becomes one conference. I think it's fine. I think the scheduling will work out fine. They basically keep their own conference that they're in now. We play the, the 12 that we are about to join. And at the end, we have a championship game between the two. I think it'll be fine. You can still have crossover games, one or two per season. You're not going to be traveling all the way to the West coast more than once a year, probably. So I think it could work out that way. Logistically. Uh, I'm fine with it. I think it'll be better than that. Obviously better than them taking teams from the big 12 and, <laughs> and us reloading with the American teams. So it's not the worst option available.
1: No, it would be interesting. Obviously, you know, the travel could be interesting and, and we'll see what that looks like. But to your point, it at least solidifies UCF's holding in this particular scenario and worst case scenario, you know, if the SAC decides in a couple of years now we're going to try this thing again, you know, if we have success in the Big 12 we're already in their footprint, maybe this allows us an opportunity as well. So there's the good news. We're on the right side, right? Like this had happened, you know, two years ago, we would have been sitting here going, oh, my goodness, we're going to get left out of this thing. We're going to be back in Conference USA. We're going to be back in, you know, the, the Mac, the Horizon League. What are we going to do? We, I think we're so lucky, not lucky, but we finally got that opportunity when we did because where the timing is at. Man, if we're, if we're the cows, if we're Memphis, we're sitting on the other side going, man, are we ever going to get that chance? It seems further away than it ever did, which just sucks for a Memphis program, an SMU program. Who are, schools are actually pretty good. Uh, but, I mean, the, 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 the timing that worked out in our favor on this is just unbelievable.
0: Yeah. Well, let's hope it, it works out completely. And George O'Leary said it years ago. We are on the lips of a lot of people. We are on the lips of Dan Patrick <laughs> now. Let's see who other lips is We can get lips lips. We can get on. Yeah. Before I don't think you need multiple
1: <laughs> lips is on that. One. I think it's just it's just lips on that. Uh, again, uh, we'll keep you updated as, as soon we know more. My prediction of which is worth nothing to any of you people. I, I think we're done for the rest of this offseason. I don't think you're going to see a school change this close to you know to kickoff time at this point. You're already having your conference meetings. I think conference business is done now. It's it's on to the season. I don't think there's time to redo all this stuff. Too. Maybe you, you hear about an uh, you know an Oklahoma Texas trying to buy their way out mid season or something like that. But I don't think you see any more switching. Mike. I, think we're, I think we're done until uh, kickoff 2023.
0: Yeah, I think we said that last week, too. We were the first ones to say that, I believe, because everybody was expecting all, all the dominoes to fall. Um, you may be right. And then Texas and Oklahoma are not going to be playing in, in the Big 12 next year. Like, I think we should all come to that understanding. That's probably going to change at some point in the offseason, and maybe by then we'll have solidified the rest of the Pac-12 to join or at least top four or six teams out of that conference, and we'll still have ourselves a pretty solid conference in the Big 12
1: it's a trade trip. It's a trade trip. And, and new commissioner, Brett Yormark got in front of the mic and basically said, end quote, big 12 is open for business. So it is, it is definitely a trade chip in terms of uh, what that's going to be, what that's going to look like. Um, You know, it it could be something where, Hey, you give us this, we'll give you that whatever that that looks like, but having Texas, Oklahoma, that's a trade trip. And, 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 and Brett uh, you know, you know, basically alluded to, hey, we'll see what happens with those two, Mike. I didn't ask you this also really quickly. Did you catch any of your Mark's remarks? What did you think of your new commissioner? Boy, Mike's not talking, which is unfortunate because this is a a, a situation where, where Mike has to speak as part of the podcast. <laughs> so Mike, there he is. He's back.
0: You hear me? I'm, you're back. Can you can't hear me?
1: Okay, yeah.
0: because I got a phone call here from my daughter. I texted I out and then threw everything off. Um, no. your mark, I only heard like a little clip of it. So I really didn't hear the whole, the whole press conference. You heard the whole thing?
1: I heard most of it. I mean, he, he, he just a much better job than Aresco than Bullsby. He was very much like, Hey, we're open for business. We want to make some money. You know, we want to do a lot of things. Um, you know, he recognizes that they're in a position at this point, a position of power, uh, a position where they have the ability to, you know, sort of make some rules themselves. And they're in a power position. It looks like he's a guy who wants to take advantage of every opportunity. Mentioned making the Big 12 younger and hipper. Uh, so we'll see if that actually works out, Mike. But it, it's it's interesting. You, you see Bullsby, who was a little bit of a buffoon at times. Aresco, who I don't think we, we thought could find his way to Orlando if he tried. Uh, this guy seemed competent, which I like.
0: Yeah. He looks like he knows what he's doing. We talked about how he worked the deal for the ACC tournament to move to Brooklyn. Already. I'm hearing news of him talking to CBS, maybe NBC Uh, was rumored today with the Notre Dame package. So I I think he's going to do right by this conference and get us the most money possible.
1: Allegedly talking to Phil Knight, uh, obviously a famous Oregon booster and founder of Nike. So we'll see. uh, We'll see if that goes anywhere. Mike, really quickly before we take our first break here for the evening, Draft day was yesterday, but uh, continued on for Major League Baseball, Mike. Three nights drafted here on, uh, on this first Monday, Mike. Uh, f- Alex Freeland goes third round to the Dodgers, obviously infielder. And then back to back, Hunter Patterson goes fifth round. And right behind him, Connor Stain to the Royals and Rockies, respectively. I was looking at the AAC uh, uh, draft picks. We had the top three draft picks, Mike. Yet we sucked. How did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> well, Freeland
0: did get hurt. Stain got hurt. So maybe that, that was part of it. Two of our three best players didn't play a lot this year, but uh, the talent was there. And as proven top five rounds for three guys, that's pretty good. Uh, how many other schools can even say that?
1: Why I not, did man? not do that research and I'm not going to attempt to do that. now. I can tell you nobody else in the American conference can say that we are the only one that has those three picks. Again, it's always good to see guys, you know, get a chance to move on the professional career. You know, I, I assume these kids have been thinking about playing major league baseball their entire life. Now, if they ever get it to the show, Who knows? You know, they're going to go to minor leagues, I'm sure, and work on their stuff. And to your point, Freeland and Stain both are coming off of injuries. So, you know, can they rebound? You know, can they can they keep up to that form? Uh, you know, pitchers always have a shot to make it. Mike, you throw some strikes, you throw hard, you get guys out. You can stay around the league for a long time. So if either one of those two guys can hold it together, put it together, you never know what kind of career they have. But it's cool to see uh, some more guys go into uh, into the MLB draft. And again, three in the top five rounds. That's not so, That's not so bad.
0: Yeah, and we—who's our biggest superstar ever in major leagues? Is it uh, Butera? <laughs> he, he's an okay superstar, player.
1: I mean, superstar is a rough word. I mean,
0: or the best major leaguer we've ever had. I—I I, I don't know.
1: It's probably. I mean, Jason Arnold had a cup of coffee. Um, uh, I, I mean, I'm Pope never even... Pope never really yeah. made much noise. D Brown didn't break out there. Um, yeah, you might be right. It might be Butera.
0: And Chad Matola is coaching now yeah. he had a, he had a little bit in yeah. the majors too, but um, not much. So maybe one of these guys breaks through because even Stetson's got a big name guys like the Grom, and I think there's another pitcher too out of Stetson. But uh, yeah, yeah, even the cows, the cows with the the pitcher on Tampa right now, who's in the Clanahan that. He's an all-star. He's a great player. I was an
1: all-star two years ago. (laughs) Dusty Baker has no idea who he is, but he's a starting pitcher on the all-star game, uh, which, uh, spoiler alert, will be coming up later on the show, Mike. But uh, congrats again to to those guys. Obviously, getting to the draft is is huge. More rounds to come, so maybe some more names will get called as we go on. But if you're listening to audio, we're going to take our first break right here. Don't forget, we're sponsored by Gordon & Partners. If you're listening to audio, we're going to take a break right now. If you're listening on video, don't go anywhere. There's really no break for you. So just sit where you are, and and things are going to be fine. So. How's, how's, that for, how's that for an update? This is UCF head football coach, Gus Malzahn. You're listening to the Future of UCF Podcasting with Adam and Mike on the Sons of UCF. Boom. So let's talk more about what, what, <laughs> what that means, Mike, and, and what we're going to talk about now. We've got top five lists. You know what? We love our top five list around here. I challenged Mike. I said, Mike, let's do a top five list tonight. Let's do something season related. So hot off the press, we've got UCF Mike's top five games he's most looking forward to seeing in 2022. Right. So we got an official top five. List. Let me get it on screen for those watching on YouTube, Mike. And uh, we got your your number five game announced it to the to the crowd. Explain yourself. Uh, number five, UCF versus SMU. October
0: 1st, the first conference game of the year and our final year in the American Conference. SMU, who blew the doors off us last year in Dallas. We need some restitution. I think that was the first game that Gus was on the uh, platform there on the sideline, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank so. you. Yep.
0: And things were a little uncomfortable, and, and it got out of hand quickly. We owe these guys. Uh, we've played SMU for a while now, going back to Conference USA days. We played them in the 2010 championship game. So there's some history there with them. Um, remember the freezing cold game at, at the end of 2013. Uh, so this is one maybe the last chance we're going to play these guys for a while. So I, I like it. I think it's going to set the conference laid off. Either we're going to be behind the eight ball or we're going to have a nice put up. It's a home game, so that's my number five game for this year.
1: Hard to argue, Mike. I would I would call the 2022 season the revenge tour because we get, a, we get a crack at everybody who got a crack at us last year. To your point, SMU ran us off the field. Uh, it was over pretty early. We, we could not keep up. They have a new coaching staff now. Um, uh, Rhett Lashley comes over from Miami's offensive coordinator spot, so he's their new head coach. Tanner Mordecai, the quarterback, remains. He played pretty well. So they certainly had some firepower on offense last year, and this is a revenge game. We, we owe these guys. I mean, they embarrassed us. They were clearly the better team last year. Uh, and they they beat us in, in all three phases of the game. So this is this is a good one. It's a good top game. I, I thought for your five spot, I thought you may go tricky. I thought you may go South Carolina State. You know your 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 next game is your most important game because that is the first one. But I, I do I do like your uh, your four. I, I do like I do like the four remaining. So I don't know where I would where I take some somebody out at, but maybe it's an outside looking in for South Carolina State.
0: Yeah, it is. I mean, obviously that's the one that everybody wants to see who's starting at quarterback. But we may know that before the game anyway. Uh, I'm excited for it because it is the first one. Uh, it's a Thursday night. I, I do kind of like that opening night, Thursday night. Yeah. You know, I get to kick off before everybody Flees else. Weekend, and I, yeah. yeah, and then just do whatever else you want. You sit back and watch the Cows get blown out on the Saturday. You're going to watch that? <laughs> I, no. I, well, oh, gosh, actually, they're playing gosh. BYU. Yeah, actually. It's mean, okay. that game on a Saturday? I'm not even sure. It might be a Friday. It might be Thursday, actually. Who knows? But um, you, know, you watch the, the, the Gators lose to Utah. I, you good. do a lot of hate watching week one especially when you're not playing and you've already wrapped up a cupcake.
1: That's a good point. I I enjoy that. All right, so uh, who do you got number four, Mike?
0: The Memphis Tigers on the road. Another team that we had a, a nice rivalry with. We played them.
1: Mike can stop talking. He's got Memphis though as the uh, the uh, and I think what he's going to tell you is this is a road game. This is probably one of our tougher if not the toughest road really? games. I think he might he might tell you M- might you tell us Mike this is our toughest road game this year? I believe it is. And okay. <laughs> I thought he might say that. Too. Mike is displeased. If you're watching this on video, you are seeing Mike at his full unhinged at this point. Uh, I I don't know what he was going to say next. This is where I can't predict his, but look, here's the thing. Obviously Memphis has been a team that has, uh, you know, has has had some national prominence. They took a step back. I think last year, we've been pretty handily, um, at home which i think was was a nice one that was the game mike and i did our first ever twitter spaces for an entire 4 hours i don't know how we survived that one mike but going to memphis is always interesting we've had some tough battles there obviously uh, you know they they usually play us uh, play as pretty well i i don't know what they are running out quarterback wise we saw their quarterback last year as a true freshman he played okay but if he wasn't a true freshman he probably we well, maybe we have a tougher time with that game so uh, who knows what you have going to memphis so it's a, probably the toughest road one we got Mike is back, but we can't hear him now, so the, the, the blooper reel continues for this particular show. I think now? he's back. There he is.
0: Uh, my daughter's friends keep calling and messing up the call. So um, Memphis is the first of two back-to-back road games. you got Tulane the following week. Both yeah. games, artificial turf. Don't like that. Mm-hmm. You know the problems we had with that last year. So I think it's going to be a tough one on the road and maybe a little chilly early November in Memphis. We'll see what time the kickoff is, but yeah, another school, a lot of history we have with them. Remember the standback game in 13. Remember the two championship games, obviously, the comeback in Memphis back in 2018. So a lot of nostalgia with this rivalry here. Uh, I like it at number four and probably the toughest road game on the schedule. All
1: right, Mike's number three game is what? Louisville,
0: September 9th in the bounce house. Another school we need revenge on from last year. The way it ended bouncing it off amari johnson's shoulder them running it back that was a heartbreaking way to lose and you know we were right on track to beat them 38 35 again in louisville the way we beat them a few years ago and it all came down to that very last play it sucked and then you know dylan breaks his arm the whole trajectory of the, of the season goes in a different way after that game last year so
1: now we get them at home
0: for the very first time we've never played louisville at home before i think it's exciting it's a good opponent um early in the year so I'm really looking forward to this. I, I sent you the copy of my uh, my uh, re- reservation <laughs> he did. for my hotel. He did. Proof so we're of we're life, he did, same, yes. We're yeah. staying in the same place, right? So I, I'm counting on Stephanie to be my Uber driver for the night. I think I save a couple bucks that way. Probably and uh, I'm ready to go.
1: Yeah, this this is the one I had circled, Mike, on the calendar, and, and I might put this actually number two. Um, I know what you have at, at number two, probably for a reason. They're number two, but um, for me, this one is a revenge game because I mean they 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 played as tough that night, um, and I also don't know that we got a full you know a full crack at them. We were losing guys throughout that entire game, first quarter, second quarter, third quarter. It was a it was a war of attrition, and our guys just continued to uh, to, to fall down. And we we've heard from a, f- a few guys when we've asked the question, what happened at Louisville really two things we've heard. One, that turf was horrendous, and everyone said going into it, this is going to be a problem. And two, you heard a little bit of whispers that these guys were hitting people's knees, and they were heading for heading for knees. So you know there's going to be a little bit of revenge on the mind. Obviously, it's a grass field where we play at UCF, so the turf hopefully won't, be, uh, won't be a factor. And I think this will be an opportunity for, for us to continue to show the country that we can play against bigger-time schools, right, a good revenge game from this one. And, and man, that whole season last year changes on that – on that ricochet off the shoulder pad. I mean, that, that literally changes the entire season in some respects, too. So I got to think Gus wants another crack at this one. He did not call his best game that night. That was a game, I think, if you and I, if I remember correctly, we were we were all on social media, and UCF refused to throw the ball downfield in that game, and it was, it was hard to tell because the cameras would not pan down to the sort of the routes being run, but Dylan just kept checking it down, checking it down, checking it down, so clearly something that Louisville did last year defensively got in our way. I think Gus is going to be sitting around all year thinking about how does he combat that, and then T-Will, if he's not having nightmares about Malik Cunningham. Running all over his defense, then 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 this is the game we need T-Wheel to step up for and really come up with a game plan, and that should hopefully include not putting Montalvo defensive end because last year that didn't turn out so well in this particular contest, Mike. But this is a big one, a nice revenge game early in the season. Um, this will really, I think, tell us what kind of team we have on our hands in week two.
0: This is going to be one of those games where the crowd really plays a factor. It's a Friday night, yeah, at home, early in the season. We should, we're going to be one and zero, right? This past season. At home, remember, the big one that everybody was hyped for was Boise State. But a lot of people didn't even make it into that game. It started so later. A lot of people were gone by halftime. It wasn't the same atmosphere. It was fun. It was different. But we haven't had that raucous, rocking crowd. Even the year before that, with COVID, we had 25%. It's been a while. I think probably back to a Stanford game where you could say that the bounce house was really rocking like the bounce house. And I think you're going to get that type of atmosphere for Louisville on that Friday night.
1: Can't, can't wait for that one, Mike. And your number two game, of course, because they are number two. You've got the cows.
0: <laughs> I like the graphic there. It looks like a, a a little happy. Happy to see me. The cows. The cows at number 2. I, I mean, this is the rivalry that we've we've had for the last I think we've played them 13 times now. Or the, you know, this is going to be rival, uh, game number 14. The last time on the books for now, who knows if we ever see these guys again or if we do when we all maybe there's a bowl game down the road we can run into them. Who knows? But um, you know, I want to end this rivalry the way it should end with us completely dominating, as we have for the last six meetings, and just we got to get rid of that 64-12. And part of me really wants to do it in that same stadium that they did it to us. So let's go into Tampa, take care of business, and never have to see these guys again.
1: It sets up for all of those storylines to take place, Mike. I mean, obviously, this is the, the final time that we know of for, the, for the, you know, the near term. You know, this is our last opportunity at these guys. The, obviously, the healthy rivalry between these two schools. You know, Gus is kind of new to it, so does he really understand? I think you and I asked last year, can someone please pull Gus aside and just talk to him really quickly about sixty He's got so many former players who have been around the program, so many guys who are coming back to see the former players. Hopefully, one of those guys grabbed him in the hallway and said, Coach, you got to do me a solid, man. This is the last time we get a chance at this uh, to your point in, in their home stadium, which is really our de facto home stadium. Obviously it's the black Friday opportunity or Saturday. We're not, I guess we're not quite sure exactly when this game will be played at this point. Um, so there's a lot of opportunity for this one too. And the reality is, is this too, Mike, the cows are getting, they can't be any worse, right? They're, they're going to continue to get a little bit better here and there too. So, you know, they, they may try to make a game of this. This is their Super Bowl because I, I highly doubt they have a lot to play for. The last time playing us, they're going to have blood on the, on their minds. We're going to have blood on our minds. Let's see what happens at this point, Mike. But this would be a nice one to end this thing with a nice, just a little ass kicking and, and leave no doubt about it.
0: Yeah, this really is throw the record books out because there have been years we played the cows and they sucked. I mean, 2013 – they were a bad team. They won two games that year. They, were, they had the lead with five minutes to go before Perryman catches that touchdown at the end. Uh, last year's game came down to the very last play. Heck, the year before that, remember, it was a, a wild shootout in Tampa where we, yep. they scored way more points than we thought they were going to. We thought that would be the blowout game. Um, Heupel did beat them by four touchdowns a couple times, but we really got to lay the wood on these guys and, and let them know, that you know, they can come find us in the Big 12 next year. They can come find us maybe in the SEC in a few years, but they're done. And, and they're, they're completely over with. We don't have to deal with them anymore. We cannot lose this game. That would be a devastating, devastating loss. And you, know, you talk about hot seats. If Valzan loses to the Cows this year, that may be a wow. hot seat. Uh, <laughs> He's
1: going hot seats. I mean, let's see how yeah, the rest of this s- season
0: goes, but that, that's a tough one.
1: Bring the shovels, get a piece of turf on on the layout too, right? Because it's the last time we'll be in in our rented stadium uh, from that time. and the number one game, probably of no supplies to any of you, is Cindy. We are playing Cincinnati, obviously, October 29th at home, Mike. Uh, I mean, I don't think much needs to be said about this, but uh, it would be a weird podcast if we just showed this graphic and stared at each other. So why don't you say something about why you have Cincinnati number one?
0: I mean, they have a little bit of everything that I just described in the other opponents, right? The history... You know, the last few years, they've had our number. They've been the best team in the conference now. They've kind of taken over the American. When we came in, we won the first two American conference ch- uh, titles, only lost one conference game in those two years, you know, had a couple years off, then came back and won back-to-back again in 17 and 18. We've won four. They've won the, the last two, three? three. Uh, I think three. Yeah, yeah. so, I mean, th- this is it. And we- we've had blowouts both ways in this series. Last year, they, they knocked us around. 2017, we run-ruled them. 2018, college game day, we beat them up pretty good. This has the opportunity, maybe, look at you, October 29th, if both teams come into this game undefeated, well, that means we have beaten Louisville, that means we've beaten uh, SMU. This is the last really big hurdle on the schedule, I think, and then you got the couple of road games with Memphis and, and Tulane. But this is going to be a huge one, and this one, the crowd is really going to get involved. Uh, I, I don't know how this is not the biggest game on the schedule.
1: This is a passing of the torch kind of game, right? This feels like Cincinnati has been taken over as the, you know, the best quote unquote group of five team. Everyone loves them. They were in the playoff last year. This feels like a passing of the torch kind of a game. And it also sets up the future state because they're coming with us to the big 12. So it would be great to to take them out this year, basically kind of reestablish our dominance that, Hey, we are, we are the better program, the better team. They lost a ton of talent. I mean, let's, and all credit to them. They had a lot of talented players on the team last year. They've lost a ton of talent on both sides of the football you know they still have obviously a, a decent running game. I think they'll they'll play well there. Quarterback will be a little bit um, newer by this time, though. He'll have time to have played and have some you know some reps under his belt. So this is gonna be interesting. They 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 last year, Mike. We had no business being in that game last year at all. And again, you gotta wonder if this is another one of those Gus games where he kind of figures out how do I how do I beat these guys, particularly because we are going with them to the Big 12. Nothing will be better than to go into the Big 12 reestablishing ourselves as the best program coming in there and sort of getting all the Cincinnati hype. out. Out of the way and, and sort of re reaffirming who we are this thing has got to be a sellout probably the probably the hardest ticket to get i assume this year mike i, I assume this one be harder to get into than, than louisville you think
0: oh i don't louisville's gonna have a lot of hype to it this, this one though is the conference matchup uh this one probably has higher implications in the louisville game we could probably lose the louisville game if we went out the rest of the way you know we'd have, we'd be the top g5 unless maybe a boise went undefeated or something so um, I, this could be the difference of making it into the ACC, the AAC championship game, or maybe finishing third. Cause we know Houston doesn't play either of these schools. Houston has a chance again, to go undefeated in conference. Uh, this is going to be a big one, big matchup here against the Bearcats. Um, so it, it's a completely new Bearcat team though. I mean, how many guys did they yeah. lose to the NFL just now on the draft? You know, the, the brand new quarterback they' they've been recruiting very well the last few years, so they should not be bad, but it, it's not going to be the same team we've seen the last couple of seasons.
1: All right, that's uh, Mike's top five games for 2022. Outside looking in, Mike, what you had South Carolina State, Georgia Tech? Were they how close were they?
0: Yeah, I thought about Georgia Tech, but they've been down for so long now. We saw what we did to them in Atlanta a couple of years ago. I expect that to be like a pretty good beatdown. Something similar we did to Pitt, you know, back in 2000. What was it? Seventeen or yeah. and, or. And then the, uh, what we did to Stanford, I think Pitt was – no, Pitt Eight, was 18. Pitt was 18. Yeah, 18. And then uh, Stanford in 19. I expect one of those. Probably not going to be like a, a night game. That might be like an early 12 o'clock, to, uh, 3 o'clock latest kickoff, hot, you know, hot, hot game. Uh, that's what I'm trying to uh, – we talked about it last week. I just want to fly up there and fly back for. It.
1: That's OLI.
0: <laughs> uh, the Navy game is an OLI, even though that's another revenge game. You know, uh, there's not too many games on this. Oh, let's pace it. I'm excited to watch all the games.
1: All right. <laughs> if I Mike's if back,
0: like, the five that I care least about, uh, I can't even. I don't know.
1: Tulane, <laughs> South <laughs> Carolina State. Cool.
0: Yeah, you know. Temple, um, I assume. Temple. Temple is probably the, the least exciting
1: all right so we've got mike's top five and his bottom one which is <laughs> temple uh you see a put a practical joke this week on people like social media they asked if they want to see a uniform reveal and when you kind of drilled into the to the pictures it was literally someone who drew the uniform by hand we saw some different color patterns there mike you saw some blacks and gold You saw some blue as well hey do you think there's anything to what what you saw in those uh, in those pictures those hand-drawn pictures
0: uh i don't know i think that's just a lot of trolling going on there by the salvo and the rest of the crew uh (laughs) i think they're having a good time with the fan base they they obviously have something new right they have something up their sleeves (laughs) yes they better if they're not if they're going to tease it like this so uh i think they've got something hopefully they were going a little overboard because i I think most people don't want to see gold even though i wouldn't mind the gold and i think a lot of people might have a problem if you come out there with a full blue jersey and i may be one of those people so I don't know if I want to see that either. Keep it light with the blue. You know, have fun with it, but don't go overboard. Uh, I'm interested to see what they're going to come out with. How many more years do we have with Nike? Is this it? Is this think we signed month? a
1: two-year deal. And I think we signed two more years with them.
0: All right. So, yeah, you know, I wouldn't expect too much, you know, difference. And what's the deal with the helmets? Remember last year we only had the white helmet. So let, let's see if we're actually getting different helmets this year. Uh, I know a lot of people get really excited about it. I really don't care. Go out there and win the game. I don't care what you're wearing.
1: DeSalvo did say on – he was on the Twitter spaces. He said uh, no major – like huge change, nothing really sweeping or revolutionary. The only thing he talked about was the way they were going to uh, unveil them would be unique, Mike. So that's what you have to look forward to. And 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 capitalizing on that, Mike, we have gotten ourselves back into the merch business, into the merch game. We had we had made the the uh, the infamous early on the UCF hat that went over really well. We 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 sold out of those. We kind of got rid of all of those. We've been a bit of a lull, Mike. But this week. Some of our faithful friends out there has have been receiving packages on our new apparel line, our new merch line, Mike. So, a, you've got one on here. We've got the the new all gold uh, lettered uh, gray back suns hat there. So I'm showing it on screen there for those who haven't seen it. Then we, we introduced a couple of new colorways of our own. Like, got the uh, the black and the and the gray there. The black and gray suns again, just the word suns there. And then the JP Gilbert original, the J.P. Gilbert special, Citronaut Sons, Mike. It is the blue version of the Sons, the blue back with the, the blue word choices, um, the front mic. So three new editions of Suns hat. So that means there are, there are a limited number of people out there. I think it's you, it's me, and that's the list that have all four Sons of UCF hat editions. That's a very select company, probably because it's our show. <laughs>
0: yeah. You asked me, do you want one of each? I was like, yeah, I want one of each. What else am I going to have one of these things? Um I love them. I think they look really cool. My wife loves the gray one. She stole that one already from me last night. So um, mm. I may not ever see that one again. I really think this gold one looks tough, though. I, I like the, the gold. I love the shirt we got here that goes yeah. with it. The, the yeah. blue one, you know, I don't own anything that has Canaveral Blue on it. I don't have, own one thing. I have two Citronaut shirts, but one of them is a gold Citronaut shirt I bought back in 2013, I remember, before the South Carolina game. I remember buying it. So that's before the Canaveral Blue was even around. And I have a, like a three-quarter T-shirt that has this internet on it, but nothing with the blue on it. This is my first Canaveral Blue there you go. UCF item.
1: Well, you mentioned the shirts, Mike. So here, here's the shirt. It's a, a dry fit T-shirt edition. Obviously, you see Trace, Mike, and I often wearing the polos, but a dry fit T-shirt edition. People are asking, what are we going to do with these? How do I get my hands on one of these? What do, what's the deal here? So here's what we got going on so far. A lot of what this was was trial and error. What colorways do we like? What manufacturers do we like? So some of these, you know, they're, they're just kind of a test balloon. A lot of these will probably end up just, you know, maybe donating away or giving away to some of our faithful fans. But we are considering what to do next, Mike. I'd love to do something cool with uh, with Brits Bunch. Um, obviously, it's a charity started by Jan and Brits uh, to bring some uh, uh, some some folks to a game later in the season. So maybe we'll we'll get some of these whipped up and you know donations to Brit, Brits bunch will get you hats and all those lines, Mike. But I'm blown away by the amount of people actually want to have one of these. The amount of people in my DMs after these videos were released, I think JP and 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 uh, Brian David Peterson were first, and I saw Robert had an unveiling today. Uh, so the p- folks who are getting them are, are doing fantastic marketing RRB our But I'm I'm blown away by how many people actually want their want to get their hands on one of these
0: yeah um i haven't worn this one out in public yet but i've worn the, the original hat a couple times people i don't know what they, if they know what sons of ucf is uh nobody's ever come up to me and said anything like oh you're the guy from the podcast but maybe the more of these spread around you start seeing them walking around the stadium and, you know people start like hey start asking questions Maybe we pick up a few new followers i think it's great marketing for us uh, the people that have already gotten these free hats well deserved Fans from the very beginning, a lot of them have listened to all our shows, supported us uh, all the time, you know, always tell people about it. So that's what we're looking for here. And we'll come up with some more stuff. You never know what you get. And, you know, maybe how many more of these T-shirts we have? I don't think we have any more, right? These are very limited T-shirts.
1: Yes. So there was a a run of six on these T-shirts, right? So you have one. I have one. I'm going to send one to Trace at his request. And that'll leave three T-shirts left at that point. So. Actually, I'm sorry, two t shirts left at that point. So we've got to figure out what to do with these other t shirts. Who do we throw these things to? What do we, how, how do we make that happen? Like, t shirts are a little harder to make than hats for some reason. It's, it's a, lot, a lot trickier to, to make t shirts and hats. You know, you get the right material. A hat's a hat, right? You throw a hat on, you move on with your life. So we'll figure out how to, how to make this work out. But the hat seems to be a, be a big hit. People seem like the hat. Yeah,
0: do you like the solo,
1: t- do you like the solo Suns? versus the sons of UCF it's kind of a uh, alternate logo theory we're working with here
0: yeah at first I was a little uh okay with it but it's, it's really growing on me I think it's good and it just it covers us just in case anything ever happens the UCF so yeah. like, you know the, you don't it. <laughs> give it away
1: trade secrets giving away the trade secrets par- yeah, <laughs> courtesy of Gordon and partners thanks for sounds the legal advice yeah so,
0: exactly so it works um and you know there's other podcasts as we learned a couple weeks ago when uh big game boomer came out with his list of top podcasts all over the country there's a couple other sons podcasts out there maybe we'll Mm. sell it to those guys fans who knows (laughs) they won't know the difference
1: are, they, for, are uh, they blue and gray? <laughs> Cause I've got a couple. <laughs> I've got a couple of these blue options out here. But again, we'll figure out a way to give these away. Maybe we get to 500 subscribers on the YouTube channel. We'll throw one out there. Uh, again, there's a lot of long-standing uh, fans that we want to make sure we try to take care of as well. So, uh, limited supply. There, I think they're all no most of them are behind my shoulder. They're somewhere in my hand here. So uh, limited supply. We'll figure out how to get uh, those in your hands, Mike, but let's take a, a break. If you're on the audio side, if you're on the video side, you're not even going to notice, but on the audio side, we're going to take a break right here. Don't forget. We're sponsored by Gordon and partners and we'll come right back and we'll do uh, we'll do cow of the week.
0: This is UCF athletic director, Terry Mahajir. And in my spare time, when I'm not on TikTok. I'm listening to Adam and Mike on the Sons of UCF. Go Knights and charge on.
1: But since you're on the video side, you never left us. So it's even better for you. So Mike, it's time for Cow of the Week. Again, using the video, we've got some visual aids we can throw up here, Mike. And you sent me some photographs. Zero context involved. I have no idea what's coming here. All I've heard was there's a story involved in this. So I'm going to throw these on screen for the, the video audience here. For those who are listening only, these are photographs of Mike and his family at the softball tournament he, uh, he attended this weekend. And for those, let me just actually get this out of the way too, Mike, because you, you take a lot of heat and I'll give you credit for it. Uh, you take it in stride. You don't seem to get too worked up over it. A lot of people give you a lot of a hard time about your tardiness to the shows. Where's Mike been? So for those who don't know, Mike has been supporting his daughter as she's gone and playing some, some travel softball here. And they essentially were on the circuit that would have gotten them into the, the college or the little league world series had they won all of their events and won their tournaments. So Mike had some responsibilities. He was helping out with a coaching the team. It's an all-star team. So that's where Mike has been. He's not just late and hanging around his house doing push ups. He actually had some really good family stuff. He had to take care of. And it sounds like the, the tournament didn't go as well as Mike wanted to, but Mike's a good sport about it. People give him a hard time about where he's at and not making the show but this is for very good reason mike and it got to pay off in 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 this weekend and somehow there's a funny story out of it so i can't wait to hear it
0: (laughs) yeah we had a great time this weekend you know my daughter's first trip this is an event for her and and for us really as a family we got to go away for a couple days play a few games of softball really just have fun with her friends and all that stuff that was the main thing to get out of this you know you get to stay in a hotel for a couple nights you go in the pool you play around and and you, you make memories for the rest of your life so That was really cool. The games themselves kind of went as expected. This team, yes, they're an all-star team, but they were kind of gifted this spot in this tournament is a state tournament from teams all over the the state of Florida. I believe the team from Tampa ended up winning it. Um, There were no other teams in our district, so we won the district. There were no other teams in our section, so we won our section, and we got to play against these teams that did win those other tournaments to get here. So we didn't think we were going to win. We didn't win. Uh, The first game... We gave up 10 runs in the very first inning. <laughs> it was 10-0 right off the gate. Um, so the, the Cal of the Week part comes the next day. We play two games on Saturday. We play an early game. You know, actually, it's a close game for a couple innings, and they kind of blow it open. We lose that one. Second game comes around. Same kind of deal. It's 4 nothing, in about the third, fourth inning, then they start kind of piling on. And here's the problem. State of Florida. The rain comes, right? Lightning strikes. Lightning strikes. With two outs in the fourth inning, and we're down 8 nothing. we runner running around second base. The, 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 runner at the, the batter is the – that's it, 10 runs. The batter scores 10-run rule, game over. One out to go to make it an official game, but the lightning thing goes off. have to clear the field. It's not raining yet, but you can see that it's coming. You have to wait at least 30 minutes after the lightning strike. Okay, we understand. But then when the rain comes, it really comes flooded, done. There's no way we can play at all that day, right? can't just call the game. We're talking about our team that played, scored two runs in two wow. and a half games. Mike <laughs> wants to throw out,
1: right? the game. I love
0: it. One, one yeah. more out to go. One more out to go. Let's use a little common sense here, people. Um, <laughs> you're going to make everybody come back the next day to, to get either one out or let them score two runs, which they did in about four minutes on Sunday morning. But um, we had to come back Sunday morning. And they don't give us word of this until about 9 o'clock at Saturday night. You know what's already happened by 9 o'clock on Saturday night. This game was over at about 5.30. So Beer all the parents, All the parents, <laughs> all the kids, we went to a, a barbecue spot. We hung out there for like three, four hours. Everybody had a few drinks. We went back to the hotel. The kids jumped in the pool. The parents hung out again for another couple hours. There were a lot of beers drank that night. Then we were telling me we have to be back at the field 7.45 in the morning to play just, you know, five minutes, what it turned out to be. When they could have just said, you know, okay, you know, it's an official game. I I get that, you know, rules are rules, I guess. You've heard me say that before in the podcast. But come on, let's be a little realistic here. So the tournament, in my eyes, a little cowish of them. And, and, you know, I'm going to take a little cow myself because, because of the activities that went on Saturday night. Overslept. Didn't wake up in time, but did make it in time for the game. Just missed the warm-ups, which actually turned out to be great because my team was going to warm up for an hour and 20 minutes before this game <laughs> to play five minutes, which my daughter wasn't even in the game at the time. She was on the bench, so she didn't even play in those five minutes.
1: I've got questions. Um, yeah. You overslept, but your, uh-huh. your daughter got to the game.
0: Well, I mean, I woke up. We were supposed to be there at 745. I woke up at about 750, looked at the clock. I said, oh, boy, my phone was dead. So I guess that's why the alarm didn't go off. Everybody else in my room was sleeping. So I, the I whole daughter. family was late. Yeah. Well, yeah. My my <laughs> wife and my other daughter didn't even leave the hotel. They stayed. And uh, <laughs> we came back <laughs> about an hour later. And, uh, you know, we packed up and, and went out. Because we had to be out of the hotel by 11 o'clock anyway. But yeah. uh, my daughter was late. Wow. Yeah, she was missing her belt. I know parents of the year. But uh, it was a good time. <laughs> good time was had the night before, which made it worth it. But uh, come on. I mean... Let's use a little common sense here, people. Well, this team was not coming back, you know. I, yeah. I, even when they, when they called this off the field, even our coach was like, okay, you know, is it official? You know, can we, what are we going to do here? And they, rules are rules, apparently, and we got to come back and finish the game.
1: I'll tell you what, Mike, th- th- this travel sports kid thing is a whole just conundrum. You've heard my soccer stories. It's a it's a fiasco. There's always something. Speaking of my, of my daughter, Mike, I actually want to have a real conversation with you while we're here in the Week, and no one's listening anyway. So my daughter turned uh, 15 this week, so we had a little party, a little, a little get-together. And uh, it's it's graduation season around, around these parts, right? My neighbor across the street, very nice guy, lovely, lovely family. He's got four daughters. Oldest daughter goes to my my daughter's high school. Uh, not sure what happened. She tried to go to one school. Whatever, whatever. I go outside the other day. Mike, he's flying a cow's flag, and I'm like, "What happened here?" <laughs> Turns out his daughter is going to go to to cow U, and that's where she wants to go to school. And he's just supporting his daughter. I'm like, "Listen, ooh, we're gonna. I'm gonna have to call the HOA because this we're gonna have some problems here, right?" So that notwithstanding, I, I go inside, I cool off, I'm good. And my daughter says to me, "Like, why 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 do you care?" I'm like, "I, just, I can't have that across the street from my house. That's just not going to work." And she says, well, what if I want to go to that school? And I said, no, you are not going to that school. And she was like, well, what if I do? What if I get in there? You know what? I I can't go to college. And I was like, no, you can't go to that college. (laughs) So Addison has a prepaid college thing. We we set it up when she was born. She's got free tuition to a state school in Florida. So she can choose any state school. And she was like, well, what if that's the one I pick? I'm like, then you're paying for it. You are paying for it. And I will not set foot on that campus. And so she's like, hold on, you're never going to come visit me. Like, I'll come visit you, but you're going to have to meet me like in Orlando. Maybe we'll meet somewhere in Lakeland. I am literally not stepping foot on the campus. So she looks at my wife and she's like, is he serious? And Stephanie was like, I think he is. I think he, I, I don't think that's what, what you should do. So she's like, so I literally can't go there. And I said, no, you, you cannot go there. It, well, it, wrong parenting decision on my part. Am I, am I okay here? Give me some parenting advice. I mean, my kids
0: are not 15 yet, but from what I've heard and books I've read, all the advice I've given I've been given if you tell them not to do something at 15 that's yeah. exactly what they're gonna go do so you yeah. better watch out you're gonna have a green t-shirt running around there no you know, no. And, and and she may catch you because if she does go there and the cows have an on-campus stadium by that point what are you gonna do you're not gonna go to the game we're gonna go to the game we
1: don't, we don't play them anyway they're not in our conference oh yeah that's right we'll never have to <laughs> see him again. Uh, so I'll, I'll be fine. Unless they're, I mean, unless we're doing like a charity event or something. Uh Yeah, that's it's possible, Mike. But I want to lay out the obstacles. You can go to school there, but you have to pay for it. I am not. I will take your college money. And your brother is now the recipient of two college scholarships because you chose to go to a bad school. You can go to any other school you want to anything else. You know, UCF. You don't. I would even go. I even told her. I said, listen. You can go to – I don't want you to, but you can go to Florida State or Florida, and I will be okay with it. I will come to school. I will visit you. I will support you. I am not visiting you if you go to the cows. That's just not happening.
0: Yeah. Well, happen. wait, wait until we're in the SEC with Florida and Florida State. I think you may switch things around. You may say, you know, go, go ahead go to Tampa if you want. We're done with those guys anyway.
1: No, uh, I, can't, I can't, I can't. I cannot do it. No, it will it will not happen. And I gotta figure out how to head, how to handle my neighbor uh, because he's still got that flag out there. I never know I'm like, hey Jeremy, um, man, I gotta tell you, <laughs> your house value, you really my property values are going down with, with you having those flags well, up. that's not my cow of the week, Mike.
0: Wait till it gets a little darker, go out there and flip it upside down like a true night fan would. Fair
1: okay, good point. And see that's how long it takes cow him cow to realize. Cow. My cow of the week, I, I, while you and I were recording this, I think the home run derby is on or it's starting sometime soon. Uh, I'm sure you're actually pretty uh, amped up that Jeter doc starts tonight. Are you excited? Oh, is it? Yeah, it's 10, it's o'clock. yeah it's 10 o'clock
0: tonight. Yeah, 10 o'clock. Oh, 10 o'clock. Oh, well, I guess I got to watch yeah. tomorrow.
1: <laughs> but I, so I saw the all star game was coming up this weekend. I was like, oh, I forgot about that. That's cool. And then I was reading like the ESPN scroll. You know, this guy's not playing. That guy's not playing. This guy's out. And there's like 75 guys who are now all stars, Mike. So my cow of the week, goes to any and all all-star games. Are we why can't we just end this whole all-star game nonsense? The baseball all-star game, the, the basketball, the pro bowl, nobody wants to play in these things. It's a glorified exhibition. All the big stars don't play. You get nothing out of the game. They're not even really real games at this point, Mike. When you and I were growing up, the all-star game was a cool event. Pro bowl used to mean something. Basketball all-star game was fine, but now these things are all just watered down. Why are we doing? Why are we still doing these all-star games? Why are we doing? I don't it? know.
0: Tradition. But to me, I still, I don't know, maybe I'm a sucker. I've always been hooked on it. But the, the baseball all-star game, I'll still watch it every year. I, I love watching the introductions at the beginning, all the pomp and circumstance around it. I, I know the games don't mean anything. They had that one year with the tie, and they threw everything for a loop, and then the games did mean something. It was kind of stupid that way, too. They, maybe they need to figure it out a little bit. But baseball is still the one where, you know, it's a sport where you're, if you're pitching, you're trying to strike the guy out. And if you're hitting, you're trying to hit a home run. Right in basketball, they don't really play defense maybe until like the last two minutes. In football, you know they never tackle each other, so it's still kind of closest to the real sport of any of the four. Even hockey, hockey, I don't know what the heck they do. They change it every year. I think they they play like four games, three on three. It's completely weird. But baseball is still the one where it's a little bit closer to the real thing than any other sport.
1: It just it, half the guys don't play, Mike. They're injured. You know, pitchers aren't, aren't going to play if they just pitch recently. You know, this is guys want want a break. They they don't want, they want time off. They want rest and they want recovery. They don't want to have to do these things. You know, the the every year you hear the home run derby afterwards, somebody goes in a slump and they blame it on I. You know, I had to swing six thousand times the home run derby. Uh, it, it, I just don't know. We got to come up with something. What if, if they just played like cornhole for an hour? I think that may be more entertaining than watching some of these things. I don't know. <laughs> the Sorry. home run derby
0: yeah the home run derby got old uh, a few years ago a while ago i don't really pay much attention to it when we're done recording i'll go throw, throw it on for a few minutes but it takes way too long you need to find a way to shorten that thing up um all the other stuff around it uh, i don't know you, you know what that sucks the most about this all-star game week is there's no real sports on today there's no real yes. sports on wednesday yes um luckily the yankees actually have a rainout game to have to make up so they're playing thursday but most of the leagues not playing on thursday either um okay. it, it's the most boring week of the year which is why they have the media days for college football this week because you know they're getting all the attention so um yeah, let's talk about and the it, it, yeah but and you know what i've never watched the sps <laughs> <Hard laughs> this hard is hard not surprising i don't know that uh, i've ever
1: watched a full sps i mean i've seen like the highlights when they make fun of each other but i don't think i've seen a full episode
0: yeah that, that's basically all you need to see is maybe the opening monologue whoever's yeah. making the jokes and all that stuff i've
1: courage your house this year Oh
0: really?
1: Yeah, hmm. The only one I really um,
0: remember, I think, it was Jamie Fox. I think one.
1: Uh, yeah, he, he Drake had a couple of good ones on on some Peyton Manning jokes last year, but or two years ago rather. But I'm not done with Cow of the Week, Mike. I've got a second Cow of the Week. All right, it's Caleb Williams, quarterback for USC. Mike, are you following this story at all? Did you hear anything about Kay, Caleb Williams?
0: Um, I heard he he transferred, and his dad he did. Maybe gave a quote that he didn't give a quote. I don't know.
1: Yeah, no, he gave a quote. So he was a quarterback at Oklahoma. Obviously, Lincoln Riley decides to go to USC. And so Caleb Williams enters the transfer portal and decides he wants to explore options. Oklahoma the next day signs Dylan Gabriel. And so Caleb Williams says, "Okay, well, I'll go someplace ends up at USC. Right. His dad gives a quote to a paper that says the entire time Caleb's intention was always to stay in Oklahoma. But it wasn't until after he went in the portal and he realized that some of the fans weren't so nice to him, the coaches didn't really like show him a lot of love, that that's when he decided he had to leave. He only entered the portal just because he just wanted to. He was never going to go anywhere. He always wanted to stay to Oklahoma. But as soon as they took somebody else and the fans turned on him, that's when he knew he had to go, Mike. Is anybody buying that? Does is is anybody actually believe that he entered the portal so he could stay at Oklahoma?
0: <laughs> i don't know what these kids are thinking can you talk with, me into no.
1: that how that actually could be true because i can't i can't figure it out
0: once you enter the portal i mean you have basically told your old school i'm done with you unless i have to come crawling back for some reason but that we haven't seen that happen too much really um i, I don't know what this kid's problem is it, Maybe well, it's not him. Jealous? It's his dad. It's, his, it's yeah. his dad
1: saying, Hey, Caleb wanted to stay this whole time. It was always his intention. We went to the portal, but we were always going to stay here. Well, then you guys decided you didn't like him anymore. So he had to like, no one's buying that to your point. You go in the portal, you're leaving the school. It's fine. We all understand it. We all get it. It's what you expect, but don't act like, Hey, I was going to stay, but you guys were mean to me. So I left like that's, that's if you really wanted to know if they liked you, you could stay on the roster, meet the new coach, be like, hey, what are you going to run here? Oh, I don't like that offense. Hey, I'm going to leave. You don't have to be like, hey, I'm going to the portal just in case, but I'm probably coming back. Like You're in the portal, you're in the portal.
0: Yeah, once Dylan entered the portal, we were all done with him, right? The, the very instant, we didn't care. Well, there's always that
1: one guy that says, well, you could always – like every time someone in UCF enters the portal, there's the one Twitter comment that says, well, they could always come back, right? They don't ever come back, by the way, but there's always the one guy who assumes they're going to come back, but they never do. Well,
0: once a night, always a night?
1: Uh, I I guess they don't have
0: that over in Oklahoma. Once it's sooner, no longer, I guess. Uh, But, um, yeah, Dylan, he was in the portal right away. We were done with him. But that was more because he quit on the team earlier in the year. This Every kid's got a different story. Um, I don't know. The the whole portal thing is getting old already, too.
1: Yeah, I I just – I don't – cow of the week for Caleb Williams' dad. I'm thinking we're all going to believe that he entered the portal to stay in Oklahoma when he was already enrolled at Oklahoma, he could have just stayed and not done any of that. Mike, um, that's a show. That's a video. That's the video version. A smaller, condensed show. You know, during football season, we go a little longer. Maybe we'll try to make these things a little shorter. That way, we give you guys some more, uh, more time back. Mike, an important update, by the way, to a, a previous uh, show. So uh, last week we went over our schedule for UCF games. You know, we, when we were going to be there, uh, you know, an extra 20 minutes on the end of the show last week that everyone seemed to love, by the way. Uh, good job, Robert, by the way, and transcribing all that for the audience who didn't listen to it. Um, I got word this week, my daughter's got a soccer tournament, September 2nd, 3rd, and 4th in Orlando. So there's a possibility, if I'm already have to be in Orlando on Friday... I might just go up on that Thursday, (laughs) go to the game Thursday night and be there for the game. So that would be like four straight games. So uh, maybe a bonus game that's uh, on the calendar that I was not expecting. So maybe, maybe that South Carolina kickoff game. It's been a while since I've been to an opener. I guess i went to Boise.
0: Five straight games. It's going to be five. Don't forget that you you plan on going to SMU too. So that works out good. Um, you can stay in the same hotel all week or you can get one closer to the parks, whatever you well, want. Yeah. So I don't,
1: we don't to. get no, obviously, the, as you know, with these tournaments, the schedule is not out yet. So the tournaments on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we don't know when our first game would be. We could legit not play till Saturday or something, right? Depending upon what, what, what bracket, seed, all that stuff. So we don't have all those details yet, but it's a possibility. All of a sudden we're getting a freebie game in here due to soccer as well too. So I've also got to miss, uh, or Addison has to miss a couple of soccer games. In order for us to make our UCF travels make sense, can I get your parenting decision on that? I've been missing right. a couple of soccer matches to go to UCF games.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean she's getting <laughs> older now. Where yeah, I don't know how seriously she seems like she's pretty seriously into this soccer thing. How, yeah. how strict are they? You know, Find out. penalize her for missing games. Awesome. Uh, it's tough. I, mean, I know I'll it's give hard. You want to go to the games? I, I want to go to the games too. Um, I don't know, man. That's a tough one, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it really comes yeah. down to what she wants to do. I think.
1: Well, the one, so the the FAU game is really the one in question because uh, that's going to require us to go down to to Boca. Uh, a selfish trip. My, my wife's m- a mother lives down there, so she wants to see her. My grandmother's down there, so we can see some family. So that's one that we're like, listen, we're, we're going down South Florida. We don't go there very often. You're going to have to skip those two. And some of the other games, like Louisville's a Friday night game for us. We may have to get in the car Saturday morning at like 530, drive back to Jack's to be able to get to a, an early soccer game if one is there. Saturday. We can pull that one off. But some of the later games, SMU, Georgia Tech, those might get a little tricky. Well, let me
0: ask you this. Okay. Can, you, can you do uh, a UCF mic move? Uh, I haven't seen you do it yet. Solo trip. You leave the wife and kids at home. Wife takes the kids to the soccer game. Yeah. You and me, yeah. boys right out. Well, if you're
1: going, if you're going to be there, then yes. I mean, I, I would go. I would do that. If I knew other mafia folks or people in our area would be around, I would I would do a solo trip if that's a possibility. Aiden always wants to go, too. My little guy always wants to go. But I got a you know, nine-year-old walking around with me. I got to actually be parental, too, at the same time. It's not always as not so, easy. Uh, but I, I could have a road trip buddy if Aiden wants to go. Yeah,
0: that's cool. I mean, father, dar- uh, father-son bonding, going to the game, yeah. that's always cool. But, uh, yeah. yeah, take it from me i've done it now for the last few years i call my little jack bauer missions i usually get about 24 hours i get out of the house so you know the games (laughs) (laughs) that it was a friday night game seven o'clock i'm leaving here by 12 to get up there at least maybe even earlier get up there do some tailgating go to the game and then i i'm back on the road the next morning 10 11 o'clock i'm back home again by two it's about 25 26 hours total you get some nice alone time you get to go hang out you get to watch the game and the cool thing now that we've been doing this podcast Everybody knows us. Well, yeah, a lot That's of fair. people. So even if I wasn't going, you could still yeah. go and go to the game with Mario or, you know. Mario, Jason what's Gilbert, up? And, and, and Mario's in our section, too,
1: I think. Mario's in the in the cabana, I think, right?
0: He is, yeah. I ran into him last year. Gave him a yeah. big hug. And, hey, what's going on? So, uh, yeah, there's plenty of guys that you can watch the game with. And you stand up at the top of the stadium. It doesn't really matter who you're watching the game with. I mean, it's it there. makes it a little more fun if you're, with your buddies and you're having a good time. But, you know. I, I've never done, I've never gone to a game, I guess, by myself where I, yeah, it would be something new, but it'd probably be something I'd do for a UCF game. I'd do it. I don't know what else I'd do it for.
1: Yeah. I think if there's a situation where like, you know, let's say you find yourself out of town for work and you're like, oh my goodness, UCF plays here on Saturday. I'm already here on Friday. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know anybody, but I'm in town for work. So I could see how that might work out for somebody, but games are always more fun with another person there, obviously. Right. Um, Trace is there, but Trace is up in the press box. He's not always readily accessible. They don't want me in the press box at all. So that's not going to work out. So I'll we'll have to hang out with, you know, Stat Boy Drew or something down down on the uh, on the field. Maybe the dudes at the mall will be there.
0: they will definitely be there. Okay. you
1: kidding me? Probably in the mall. They <laughs> yeah. assume, right?
0: Yeah. You can find them there pregame. And then you, you, you I don't know where they sit. I think, I don't think they're Cabana guys yet. I don't know. let go to you for that. Um, we got plenty of plenty
1: of people you can watch
0: the game with.
1: I'm sure you'll get on one of those Twitter Spaces uh, live from the, the stadium and, and hang out with those guys. But uh, the, uh, update to the travel schedule, Mike. Anything you need to update on your travel schedule? You're, you're good at this point. You're back. You're back in the saddle. Softball's done Thursday, 8 p.m. You're going to be you know ready to go in the seats or in the chair, ready to fly. Right? Yeah, I
0: should be good to go yeah, for a while, <laughs> for sure. Okay. For sure. I mean, I did okay. register her for the fall season. of softball. I can't promise that we won't have a Thursday night game. I don't know what that schedule looks like, but it's it's possible. Um, But other than that, I should be good to go, ready to go. Um, As we're doing this right now, I am missing the Zoom call for that Columbia trip that's supposed to be going on. They're they're doing it right now. And as of yesterday, they were coming up with some exotic changes to this thing, maybe adding some glamping in, which if that happens, my wife's not even going to want to go. So you may, we may it be out of this thing. I don't know. I don't know what's going on in the other room right now. I could go back in there. and She's already booked it. But I, that, that's very unlikely.
1: <laughs> I need an update. I'm going to need you to come back. <laughs> Do you want to leave the room now? I'll just talk for five minutes. You come back and give us an update. <laughs> what, uh, what, what goes on with these Zoom calls? It seems like it, it wouldn't take all that long to talk through, no?
0: I don't know. That, that's okay. another thing. But this group that we're going with, I mean, they're very laid back people, I guess. You know, I, I found this uh, flight. To cartagena that we we're supposed to be going to i found it about two months ago when the trip first was uh getting in motion hey we're gonna do this okay cool i look up the flights 230 each not bad whatever by the time these people wanted to have the first zoom meeting the price was already up to like 400 each today, and, and now the prices on those flights go up and down all the time saturday i checked it it was 300 today it was 485. so i don't know so that's why they're thinking about changing it from cartagena now to medellin maybe making mm. it a whole different trip i don't know mm. what's going on right now in the zoom I really don't want to know. And I keep telling my wife every time she says something about it. She's like, eh, maybe we'll just – I said, let's just back out. I I don't want to go anywhere. I mean, I'll go because I'm going to have a good time. I've never been. It's going to be fun. The people we're going with are are fun people. I'll have a good time. But if we don't go, I'm not going to shed one single tear because I'm going to be hanging out with you and Michael Hoffman and the guys at the FAU game.
1: That's what I really
0: want to do. So if it's up to me, you know, I'm trying to find a way to get this thing canceled.
1: Hmm. it's interesting i'm gonna have a birthday why don't you all come and spend 400 bucks staying out with me that's an interesting uh <laughs> play i like i like i like 400. It. to figure that out if only yeah.
0: if only it was only 400 that's just that's a good play. <laughs> that's about the a, place we're staying and great. the foods and the drinks and all that
1: it, That's it, a, great play. Us a lot more. well maybe update us on the live show this week and how the zoom call works out um if you want, if it's, are you recording the Zoom call? We could play a snippet of it on the show if you've got <laughs> any, any parts where there's an official unveiling or announcement. But Thursday eight o'clock we will be here. Uh, Mike Trace myself, we're all back. Appreciate the week off. Everyone had a good time. Uh, we'll be back uh, on Thursday. I don't know who our guests are yet. Trace's got some names he's throwing around. We got some people in in the works. So. You never know. Just just swing by eight o'clock. If not, uh, always catches on the replay. We're available on YouTube and all that good stuff, Mike. It's a it's a good one. A shorter episode. It's a video. We'll we'll see if we get this uploaded. And you can enjoy all of the trappings. All of these all these. Did you have a favorite slide, by the way? Oh, it's gotta um, be this one, right? You know how long it took me to yes, make these, yes. by the way. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because the background, <laughs> I put the sun's background want? there. You know, then I had to find the transparent logos on there. You know. I'm a bit of a perfectionist. You know, I want to make sure all sized appropriately. So took some time.
0: Yeah, you did a good job. pretty good. And trace is back this week. I haven't. Trace is back. Trace is back in
1: in the saddle. I saw the call for questions go out. Uh, I saw a couple of DMs. He, he didn't respond right away. So he he was supposed to be back on like Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, And so it was like Thursday, Friday. I was like, I haven't seen trace on, on Twitter. So I sent him a DM. Hey, you're back on the side of the pond. No response. So now I'm like, well, wait a minute. Like, Something happened to this guy. How would I actually How would I ever know about it, right? So Saturday morning, finally, I said him, "I need a proof of life text. Like, are you all, are you all right? So, like, send me the newspaper wherever you're at. I mean, I don't know. Maybe this guy got sick. Something happened on this trip. I mean, how would I never know?" He responded back and said he was enjoying some much-needed time away from social media, which is probably a good thing for all of us to do at some point in our life. So I have proof of life. Trace trace is back, and I saw. I think he was cropped into a photograph at the uh, Brits bunch birthday party. So. We've got proof of life on trace. so I I suspect seven, uh, you know seven fifty two. He'll pop in the uh, in the live show, getting ready to go.
0: Is that how early he gets there? Huh? That's pretty early. Eight, oh, eight. Yeah, he's at that <laughs> seven fifty 750,
1: seven fifty two mark usually. Yeah, He's usually uh, right right on time. All
0: right, I did see the video of him at the party, so I knew he was back too. Saw the yeah. tweet Well, now. I'm I'm expecting a whole bunch of. You know cool walk and talk that he recorded on don't, vacation you don't think so i got
1: i got a feeling he completely unplugged he said i am going zero dark 30 here i think he completely unplugged i think no ucf content was was made considered i'm i i'm i'm very I, if we have to bet right now gentlemen's bet i say there's no international uh walk and talk coming that's just my guess wow wow yeah uh, just my guess that's an upset uh, yeah. but you're telling
0: me he didn't bring his phone he didn't turn his phone on at all because you gotta have your phone you gotta I mean, I, I assume he sent Ubers me a or...
1: he then he subsequently sent me a photograph. So we obviously took a picture with something. I assume his phone. So I guess his phone was there. I don't know. Maybe he didn't turn on the internationals. I don't know what he did. Yeah, I think he really wanted it like a, a time away, unplug everyone, leave me alone. So right. good for him, right? Cool. But we'll yeah. see what he has. I mean, look, the bar has been raised. You were in a kayak. I jumped on some boxes. I asked and drove a golf cart. I mean, we've kept the walk and talks moving pretty steadily here. So Let's see what he comes back with. I mean, we take more of the feats of strength roots on our walk-and-talks. He's more of a, a a location, a place kind of a guy. Mike's not here to see this anymore. Mike's back. Perfect way to end the show. He comes back in. Mike's gone again. Mike's back again. This is how this show is going to end up. Who knows? I'm back. Can you hear me? He's back. I'm back. In t- <laughs> Just in time, time for the
0: very end. Um, Trace, yeah, he's got to step his game up. And don't remember, don't forget, when I was abroad, I, I filmed the walk-and-talk over there.
1: Right, mm-hmm.
0: uh, over in Venice, so I'll be a little disappointed if you don't have something. He's got something in the can. Whether he's going to release okay. it or not, I think is a different story.
1: Well, uh, t- Wednesday, social media, follow, uh, follow us, follow Trace, follow Mike, follow everybody, and you'll see if that's out there. And then Thursday, check us off the live show. Thanks for putting up with us again for episode number one hundred and eighty-eight. Big thanks to our sponsor, Gordon Partners. You guys are the best, and uh, enjoy your week. We'll talk to you on Thursday. Good nights, charge sure John